It is not my uh, job as uh, the host of this uh, fine after-hours radio show to play matchmaker, but I just wanted to take the opportunity for two old pals to say hello to one another. Ron Rappaport, you've just been listening to talk about his fabulous book, Frank Chance's Diamond, the Baseball Journalism of Bring Lardner. And on the other coast, uh, Ron is in California, and on the other coast is Rick Tellender, who's going to talk for, until 6.30 about his new book, A Sweet Dreams, Poems, and Paintings, for the child to bet, okay, you old friends, say hello to one another. Hello, Rick. <laughs> hey, Rap. <laughs> How are you? You there, bud? to be in Chicago, either one of you. know what? I got to tell you, I was looking at something. You were a columnist for the Sun-Times for over 20 years. I've now been there, let me think, 28 years We've been there for a half a century, and I don't think we overlapped for a day. So, oh my, um, my, that's that's either but, amazing or terrifying or something. But, but I think to hear from me, Rap. Yeah, I think you two guys, you two guys, are sort of following the footsteps of Ring Lardner because you both are wonderfully prolific, and you write for the joy and love of writing. And uh, one day, Ron, when you get to town, when you come up here, and, and who would come here in uh, February? But uh, next time you're up here, we will we will gather at some uh, some place where journalists used to gather and uh, share memories. I'm just glad you guys are got to say it. Pardon me. Are those places still left? Uh, the Billy Goat is still there, and it, it doesn't okay, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't attract the crowd that it used to attract. But uh, Rick and I know the way, and we'll show you how to get back there, Ron. Ron, thanks a million, and good luck with the book. It's really fabulous. Thank you. It's thanks. really fabulous. Thanks for staying on to say hi to Rick. Yeah, take care. And that was nice, Rick. Don't you think? I mean, you guys never overlap. That wow, that surprises me. I yeah, think. I I just. I saw that, started calculating when he was there, and then when I started in 1995, and he'd been there, I mean, honestly, without having dreamed of it, uh, Ron Rappaport and I have become kind of like the partial voice of the Sun-Times for, I mean, like a half century? Half a century. Oh, that, my God. No, that's really that's something. Huge. I mean, it's, I think it's Ooh. it's incredibly, it's incredibly impressive, and I think it's also incredible that... You know the era that you guys covered. Uh, I and I can't, Rick, now see some young. I, I just don't know how it could happen. So some young, even good writer, could be drawn to you know sports journalism as it has existed for such a long time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, I, I've lamented it, and I've never wanted to be one of those people that just said you should have been here yeah, back I, then. Sure. Every old man sits around on the rocky chair. Ah, you don't know what it was like. But, you know, times change. And I can tell you for sure, Rick, and I think you know this, there are still great writers out there. Oh, no question. Writers, oh, and somehow their forum will stay, some their, way or other. No, you're right. Their voice their voice will be heard. You uh, people who are lucky enough to still subscribe to the Chicago Tribune, I hope you still subscribe to the Chicago Tribune. Some, sometimes, too. Uh, read in last Sunday's paper a story that I wrote about Mr. Tellender and his unbelievable, charming, uh, artful book. Uh, it is called Sweet Dreams, Poems and Paintings for a Child to Bed. You may have seen him being interviewed by uh, Paris Schutz on TV. But 
maybe you have never heard of this book. Rick, the seed of this book, to my mind, is just is just fascinating. It came out of a very, very rough time you were having. Yes, uh, it was 30 years ago, 31 years ago now, and I was in a hospital bed for two and a half weeks, hooked up to more tubes than I can count, and, you know, bad ones. I mean, in my stomach, going down, I mean, it's just awful, and I... Um, uh, there was something wrong with my intestines or whatever's in my stomach. They couldn't figure it out Ugh. for two and a half weeks. And, um, I didn't eat the entire time and they were able to stop the pain. What turned out to be was an infection. They finally just said, you know, the hell with it. We're doing exploratory surgery and they found all this wow. infection in there. Ugh. So anyway, but I was so, I wasn't in pain after all, but I was so nauseated. <sighs> And nausea is a weird thing that we all feel when we get food poisoning or, you know, some kind of flu or whatever. But you hope you don't have it day after day after day, which I did. And when you have nausea, I mean, you're unable to concentrate. You can't read. I couldn't read a book. Uh, I couldn't watch TV. I, I started to watch a movie, and I just I didn't even know what I was looking at. I hated looking at the wallpaper in this hospital room. Uh, everything about it was, was driving me crazy. And I... Um, I, you know, I literally started, whatever reason, almost instinctively, you need to communicate something, at least to yourself. I started writing poems in my head. And the very first ones I remember, I was thinking about winter and snow falling down and it being soft and maybe a blessing and a cooling shield for someone who has a fever. This is just kind of imagery in my head. And I started, you know... I had so much time to do it sure. that it just I would like memorize some of these things. And I had a, a few poems done, then I would try to write them down. But I, I decided, you know what? I'm so sick, and I'm an adult, and I don't know how this is going to end. Whether it ends really badly, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure, check out or whatever. But a kid, any kid, any younger person would be terrified to be in this condition I'm in. I'm in, and then I also started to think about. Just going to bed each night, the transition from being awake to sleeping, which is one of the most misunderstood, or not understood, not misunderstood, but not, uh, un- not yeah, understood exactly. conditions. Give- Who are we when, we, when we're sleeping? Yeah. How, how do we make that transition? And, you know, it's kind of terrifying. Well, so what- I, I wanted to write some poems that would help people, soothe kids and anybody as they made that transition, or they were sick and confined to bed, however it worked out. Well, one of the great things about the way in which you, you were brought up, that poetry was was indeed part of your life from the time you were a very young guy, guy in uh, in Peoria growing up and playing quarterback for the team down there, and that, that's what you studied yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people think, huh, Rick Tellender, didn't he play football? He played football, he writes about football. You were an English major with a with a focus on uh, on poetry at Northwestern, were you not? Yes, I was. Uh, English literature major, creative writing major, and with, yes, uh, poetry by my senior, taking a lot of poetry classes. There was one other guy in the football team, a walk-on, named George Greenfield, the entire time I was there, who was an English literature major who... Uh, ever took a class, anybody I could ever really <laughs> talk to about it. And, you know, George is a great guy, but he was never in a million years going to play. Um, and, you know, the coaches didn't really want you to be in something like that. And I know that my coach, Alex Agassiz, sure. you know, World War II Marine who fought in Iwo Jima, had two Purple Hearts. 
And he looked at me, you know, he was fascinated by me, <laughs> terrified. And, and <laughs> yeah, what do you he just never could, <laughs> could grasp? Look at myself, not either. Yeah, you're not what? You're not a phys ed major? What are you doing? Why are you reading that book? But you were inspired, too. I mean, I, I, I reread a lot of it. And having talked to you about your new book, I reread a lot of A Child's Garden of Verses. That amazing yes. collection by Robert Louis Stevenson. That book really inspired you while you were in the hospital, sort of writing portions of poems in your head to to stay to stay warm and safe. Yes, absolutely. That was it. The Child's Garden of Verses was an old book when I was a kid. Sure, you know, I, Stevenson wrote it, and he was a sickly child, you know, and a, and, a, and not a healthy man, and so. I realize when you're not healthy or uh, when you have to be far more internal and you can't go out and play with everybody, you think about these things. And uh, I wrote these poems particularly, right, because I'm sure you saw that one, The Land of Counterpain, which is about a little boy or a little girl. I think it's a little boy sitting in his bed, lying in his bed, and in front of him are all of his toys, his little leaden soldiers and things. And he talks about this kingdom. And you quoted it in your article. Yeah, the beginning of that poem, yeah. When yeah, I was it's sick, it's a wonderful thing, and he talked about it as being a beautiful thing instead of it being horrible that I'm sick in bed. Yeah, it's, it begins, and you should read it, ladies and gentlemen, the whole thing. When I was sick and lay abed, I had two pillows at my head, and all my toys beside me lay to keep me happy all the day. That's, it's just a lovely, lovely poem. So now I'm sure people are asking. So you 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 successfully beat back this infection and they had to operate and you get out of the hospital <laughs> I'm here. and then you gotta and then you and then you gotta make a living so the the press of other duties writing writing for sports illustrated and then going to the sun times uh, 28 or so years ago uh what did you do with those did you did you finally get home and write them down rick or well um, you know, it, it took a long process. I, it's not sure. like they just all flowed out of me. I probably had a half dozen done, and then I realized, or I knew, always in my mind, I just had this image. I must have one full page that's going to be an illustration, because illustrations were really important to me as a kid. Well, you Art. N.C. Wyeth, and sure. he would illustrate some of those things. You know, he was, um, you know, one of the Wyeth family that did those, I mean, legendary things of course. like Christina's World. And um, so that began the process of writing more and more poems, but finding an artist, a different artist for each one of the 42 poems. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I, I think I told you, I think I counted it was 14 or 15 from the Chicago area and certain ones uh, like, like Tony Fitzpatrick, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, John Sanford. I got God love John Sanford. He did a great painting for this poem. I did a really silly little one, very quick, called Lucky Ducks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the painting is great. You see, it go, I mean, I can recite it. It's just almost like a nursery rhyme. If you see a duck, it brings good luck. If you see two, much better for you. If you see three, then you will see. When you see four, there will be more. So he took this this idea, we talked about it, and he has a pond, and you can see the, the cattails, and you see a, a couple ducks very clearly, and then you see a third one or a fourth one. Oh, yeah. And you realize the little child is looking at this. You see the child's face reflected in the pond, and then you realize 
you're also looking up in the sky, reflected yeah. off the pond, and you start counting other ducks. And I talked to John the other day. He said there's 44 ducks you can count. <laughs> I don't know if there's that many. <laughs> it's just a wonderful thing for a kid to look over at the illustration while somebody's reading them the poem. I think, right? Because I always loved that when my mom would read a poem to me what? or my older sister, Marcy. Sure. Well, and the other thing, Rick Tallender, for you is not only was poetry part of your your youth and growing up, uh, so was visual art. I mean, you you were you remember painting and making art since you know you didn't give it up when when teachers always said, "Hey," and I think too many kids give it up when the teacher goes, uh, "No, no, you have to draw between the lines here," and you go, "Well, okay, I'm finished. I'm finished with that. No thanks." But you never did give it up. I mean, visual art has been a part of your personal life and your your taste uh, forever too, as has poetry. That's why I think this book. Uh, is such a wonderful, wonderful melding of those two, what you have to call, you just have to call passions of yours, Rick. Sweet dreams. Well, thank you, Rick. Just, it was, it is. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I, I wouldn't mind doing another book because this one, you know, seems to be doing well, and thank you for all of your talk about it. Um, I have more ideas, but this was one. There's me and a, a um, book designer, freelance book designer who's done lots and lots of uh, CD covers and lots of other designing. His name is Al Brantner. Yeah. Without him, I couldn't have done this. He was in Chicago, and Tony Fitzpatrick said, I said to Tony, I knew Tony. The great connector. The slam. great connector. Yeah. <laughs> I great connector. And Tony, I wrote a story about him for Chicago Magazine years ago, and sure. it wasn't about painting. It was about poetry. He was in the Poetry Slam. Yep. And, you know, he's a great big gruff guy and he had these great poems yeah uh that he declaimed at uh, i think it was at the green mill sure so of i course. knew him and he said well i know this guy al brander you got to get him and he's and then i said you know tony i wrote this one poem and it's called mother and i need a tattoo artist a really good one because i can see what this should be i know the kind of art i want it to be and so we got to have this guy, Nick Bubash, who's in Pittsburgh, who went yep. to the Pennsylvania School of Fine Art. He was a fine artist, but also a tattoo artist. And it's totally and decora- decorated many parts of Tony's body, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and t- Tony just took his shirt off it. and said, here, look. <laughs> did he do, Tony? I, I think I he did. A, give, you know, I, don't I, I don't think he did all of them. But uh, Tony, Tony knows how to find a good tattoo artist. There's no question about that. Uh, Rick, I want to keep you on all the way till till uh, six thirty, if you can. I know you're kind of on vacation, resting up for. I guess you got to cover the Super Bowl, don't you? Do you? Well, I'm, I'm not going to it, but I'll yeah. be. There, there's all kinds of things. We got a couple uh, sport, you know, a couple of columnists down, or you know, sure. football writers there. So. Well, I was just talking with. I have an idea for you. So I was just talking with Brett Jackson, who's one of the engineers here, and we're talking about Patrick Mahomes' father getting arrested for the third time with a DUI. And and Brett says, you know, the guy makes $43 million a year. Get your dad a driver. That would be a good way to spend some of that. You know, he had a 15 year. Pro uh, right. NBA career. I know. I know. I mean, I'm sure he's got money. You know, I mean, listen. Yeah. I know that 
you know, but drinking and stuff. And it's just, yeah, after, this is the third one. I mean, really, yeah, really. hire a driver full-time. I'm, I'm really sorry this happened. Yeah, really, me too. Really me too. It overshadows a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to stay on with Rick Tellender. He's going to get into, uh, in the next half hour after the news, how the, the collaborative effort between Rick and his poetry and the artists is is, is endlessly fascinating to me. And we will... Uh, we will probe that again at the title of this book, and it's not just a book for children. Believe me, it is Sweet Dreams, Poems, and Paintings for the Child of Bed. We will be back. Uh, if you've been listening uh, to me talk to Rick Tellender, you heard about how this book, his uh, latest book, Sweet Dreams, Poems, and Paintings for a Child of Bed, uh, w- was sort of born... 30-some years ago when he was in the hospital just trying to cope with a a nasty disease. It's a long time in coming, but what it does, it pairs uh, Rick's very, very good poetry with stunning visual artwork. Rick, thanks again for coming on and interrupting whatever your evening is this evening. When you would, you know a lot of artists, and you know you, you have been, you are a visual artist, when you you would read a poem and you couldn't all of a sudden immediately say, oh, this would be perfect for Tony Fitzpatrick or Tim Anderson or so-and-so, there, there was some searching involved, was there not, and collaboration with the visual artist, yeah? Yeah, there was a tremendous amount of searching, and um, you mentioned Tim Anderson, and you know, one artist would tell me about another, and I would look online or yeah. kind of talk or something with their their paintings so I could match them up. And from Tim Anderson, who does fabulous uh, portraits yep. of people, does, I mean, he is uh, amazing. Um, these people are world famous, too, a lot of these artists. But he told me about Peggy McNamara, and mm-hmm. he knew Peggy well. She's the artist in residence at the Field Museum. She does watercolors. And you'll see them if you go to the Field Museum so many of her scrolls and you know dinosaurs and things like that and i had a poem called dinosaur time but dinosaurs wandering through a kid's room at night uh-huh. while he or she is sleeping and i had to have peggy and peggy's like yeah of course you know and then i found other artists by finding their styles the type of paintings they did in books of illustrations that all these huge advertising agencies like sure. like gray advertising or you know all that chicago's legendary for advertising uh, no question Burnett. yeah and these big books are weighed probably 10 pounds a piece <laughs> glossy paper uh with um very wide i mean very uh, you know they're big and it would go page after page of illustrators throughout the country who uh, might possibly do their art for some, you know, advertising agency, because that's how a lot of artists made a living. Oh, sure. Back in the day. Sure. But what a great... And so I found them that way. But what a great, what a great exploration for you, I think. You must have seen, you know, literally hundreds of artists, and and you, you trusted your own aesthetic, whatever it is, your own aesthetic soul to say, oh, my God, this one would be perfect for this. And many of them you just called very cold and said, hi, I'm Rick Tellner. I've written a poem. <laughs> Tell me about what that experience must have been like to say, hi, my name is Rick Tellner. I've written a poem. I'd love for you to illustrate it. There's no money in poetry, so illustrate for me. What was that like? when you had? Did you make some cold calls like that? Oh, a lot. Listen, Rick, <laughs> life is sales. 
I don't yeah. care what you yeah, do. No, you better, you're so you better right. know how to sell your product. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some people are like, I called a guy in Spain. You know, I'm not sure he spoke English, and um, I, I can't remember how that one turned out. But I called, I, I talked to a woman, a magnificent artist named Anita Kuntz in Canada, and then I cold call a guy in a little town of Calm, England, about 80 miles west of London, whose art I had seen, and it blew me to pieces. He uh, had just re-illustrated The Wind in the Willows. Oh, wow. Classic English book. Sure. And he did the night before Christmas. And instead of it being humans, they're all animals that are, you know, in human form. And it's just as Santa Claus is a polar bear. And I said, oh, my God. Okay. This guy, <laughs> I've, I've got to have. And I don't know. What is it? Seven hours time difference? Yeah. And, you know, I, so I say, hi, Chris. His name is Chris. Yeah, I'm Rick Tellender. Oh, good. Nice to talk to you, mate. Or whatever they say. Yeah. That's Australia. Well. So, yeah, that's how, that's how it worked out. And 90% of them were captivated by the idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah. here's the other thing, Rick. I maybe never made clear the big selling point. When and if this becomes profitable, you know, the the money is made back for what it costs to do, they all participate in the profits. And I'm going to have to break it down. Uh, three of them have passed away, including the fabulous. The great Ed Paschke. Yeah. Ed Paschke. And Nick Bubich, um, who you were talking about earlier. Nick Bubich, the tattoo artist. Um, and um, let's see who, Julian Allen, uh, great artist. But. I'm gonna. We're gonna have royalties for forty different artists, and so um, you know. And I think they've done that too. Yeah. Well, I think talking you know? about talking about being a good salesman, you have to. You call these people and say, and as any uh, reputable artist would would say, well, yes. What the, what's the remuneration for this? What might be? And you say. Well, uh, nothing, uh, nothing right now, and maybe nothing because again, there's famously no money in poetry. But I think, uh, I think they were just captivated with the idea, and it was a, a sort of interesting challenge for them. Did, you, you would then, while you were talking well, the other to, the thing is, Rick. Hmm. I told them that they could keep the Yes, painting. of course. Yeah, you weren't asking to, to display them in your home. You, you said, no, yeah. I wanted a high-resolution high, high resolution image that Al Brandner, the book designer, could put in there. And uh, I got like uh, Mark McMahon, who helped me tremendously, another sure. artist. Um, and John Rush, fabulous artist yep. uh, in the Chicago area. So, I, I, can't, I feel bad about not mentioning them all. Douglas Clava. Go ahead. I mean, um, it's just uh, Jason Millett. Uh, I don't know. Just you know, I said John Rush. Oh, Maria Vec, Bill Vec's daughter. Right, right. Um, she did one called Prism. And, uh, you know, Maria is like, oh, yeah, okay, this is a sports writer guy. You know, <laughs> why not? Yes, I know. <laughs> my dad, you know, my dad owns the White Sox. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, it is that, that's one of, I think, you know, Rick Tellender, the, the way that this project came together, the long nurturing period of it, and then the way you're talking about how it came together with these artists, that's one of the, that's one of the underlying charms that I think is uh, is can be felt viscerally with this thing. It's a it's a labor of 
it's a labor of of real love and i think not not all of these artists i don't think tim has any, not all of these artists have kids but i think many of them no, understood no. what this could do for i think it's great i mean i love the book i've given i've already given it and now at my age at my age it's like here here so and so this is for your grandkids go read this to your grandkids instead of your kids we got to take one more break and we'll come back and talk a little more with rick about uh the remarkable book uh you can uh it's called sweet dreams poems and paintings for the child of bed published by what's the publisher rick i can't remember Skyhorse Publishing. Skyhorse Publishing. Uh, and we'll talk, I want to know how that uh, event went at the, at the bookstall in uh, Winnetka. We'll be back in a couple minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I have a few more minutes with uh, my friend and the talented uh, sports columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and the author of many, many uh, books. The, the most, perhaps, I don't know if it's the most notable book, but uh, 1976, Heaven is a Playground, is one of the most remarkable books I've ever ever read and you 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 were like kind of ring lardner uh you know you, you write sports but you also publish books and the latest is sweet dreams poems and paintings for the child of bed it will comfort any child but it will also uh comfort any age of a person i really believe that you had a an event i think last weekend maybe at the uh the great bookstall in winnetka reading the book and showing the uh, the artwork how did that go what was the crowd like rick well it was great for you know book signings any artist or any author will tell you the book signings they go to and like one person shows oh up. tell me about it yeah oh yeah <laughs> everybody knows so no it was it was crowded the book stall was great and also uh four artists showed up oh how and, neat um, you know actually and I want to tell you something, Rick. It was terrific, the bookstall. They were so generous. But there is going to be an event April 16th in Chicago. It's a ticketed thing at the – I'm not putting on. These other people are putting on for me at the Haymarket House, the completely redesigned Haymarket House on, on you know, 800 West Buena. And uh, it's going to be like, you know, cheese and crackers and wine and beer and all that stuff. And as many artists – as possible are going to come. The actual artists from the book, there were 42 different ones, including uh, a secret one by yours yes, truly. Yes, yes, even, yes, yes. You have yes, to yes, guess yes. what it is. <laughs> and um, if anybody, um, you know, 30 bucks, you get a book. And if you're really hungry, don't eat dinner. Come <laughs> chow down oh, that and cheese and hors d'oeuvres. I will remind people on the radio show, April, you say April 16th? April 16th from 6 to 10 p.m. But they, they should email a guy, and his name is Rory, but it's Rory at haymarketbooks.org. So it's R-O-R-Y, Rory at haymarketbooks.org. You, you can just find out everything about it. You can get there. It's a beautiful place. Oh, my God, this mansion that Haymarket uh, organization. Well, sure. You know, you've been there, right? Haymarket Publishing, run by uh, Julie Fain, the wife of former CTU Vice President, President actually Jesse Sharkey. Yeah, uh, yeah, lovely, lovely, wonderful people in a great, great publishing house. That's great. Maybe there'll be more events too, because I think the combination and you know, as I Rick and I met for a 
a drink or two a week or so ago at the Billy Goat just to remind us that we could still drink and get home, uh, I suppose. And there were a lot of artists, there were a few artists there who I did not know, and it was a joy to meet them. And I think, I think, like Peggy McNamara, so many of these artists, Rick, are really pleased to be part of this book, aren't they? Yes, they are. You know, I'm glad they are, because this has to be a joyful thing. If it weren't, it would be a miserable thing. And I went through the misery when I was sick to do it. And, Rick, I want to tell you an example, if I can. Sure. One story that I think is incredible. There's one poem called Down in the Valley, and it's illustrated by a fellow named Todd Tellender. How did I find out about Todd Tellender, whom I never had heard of? I, I got a Google alert that a car had gone out of control and crashed through the front window of the Tellinger Art Gallery in Walla Walla, Washington. Okay, so clever. Listen, the reason I can talk to people and cold talk them, I have to interview athletes who don't want to talk to me. Exactly. I got on the phone. I found this guy. I found the the address and phone number of this place in Walla Walla, Washington. I called up five minutes after I read the news. (laughs) And this guy answers. And I said, hi, is this Todd? Tellender, and he said, yes. I said, listen, I'm really sorry about the car crashing through the front window of your gallery. I hope you rebuild it. But I think we're relatives, and while you're rebuilding, would you mind illustrating a a poem for me? (laughs) (laughs) And he says, okay. It turns out I guess we're third cousins. Um, My daughter tracked down through 23andMe. But it's it's a beautiful poem, i got to tell you, and it's... um, I don't know, did I have a chance that I can read one real quick? Sure. Okay, this is, I actually did this for my sister, Marcy, my older sister, who lives in Colorado. And uh, I just, you know, I have a younger sister, love to death, love my older sister, Marcy. She's the true poet in the family. Mm-hmm. She's a, uh, she is, I mean, amazing. It's called Down in the Valley. And I did it for my cousin, because I knew his style. It's a beautiful painting of a little kid lying on a hillside. And you look, you can tell he's looking out at this lovely river valley off in the distance, and it's a beautiful blue sky with clouds. And if you look in the foreground carefully, you can see a pair of crutches. Mm. And it's reminiscent, uh, as I said, of Christina's world earlier about, about sure. the Wyeth painting. Sure. So anyway, it goes, um, just over the rise where the river runs through, there down in the valley where yellow meets blue. Someday I'll go walking, I know that I will. And won't you come with me just over the hill? We slowly could stroll, and I'll take your hand. The sun and the clouds, the touch of the land. With you by my side, we'll see what is there. I dream it already, the smell of the air, the warm summer blooms, the wind in the trees, the soft running river, as sweet as you please. Oh, won't you go walking with me there someday? This won't last forever, I've heard what they say. I love you, it's true, and it comforts me yet. For I know you love me, so please don't forget, just over the rise where the river will be, oh, sister, come with me to see what we see. And so that's That's for my sister Marcy Tellender, illustrated by a distant cousin named Todd Todd Tellender. That is just a beautiful, beautiful poem. Has this, has seeing your poetry between the covers of of this magnificent book, and I want to tell you people also, the book only costs... Uh, 1995, which I think is one of the great literary bargains of our time. Uh, that's you're getting you're getting 42 pieces of original art, 
and these fantastic poems. And now you have heard the stories behind some of them and how they came to be. Is this, seeing your work between covers like this, Rick, and not on a screen or on a piece of typewriter paper has this empowered you as a poet you told me uh, for the story you say i guess i don't really consider myself a poet maybe i'm a sports writer with a poet's heart but the poetry is is very strong solid and moving has it empowered you uh to not to a life of poetry but but has it empowered you to keep writing and still writing well, I think so, Rick. Listen, you know, I I put a lot of, a lot of work into meter and mm-hmm. rhyme and rhythm and pacing. These poems go like seven, seven, eight, seven, seven, eight, all the way through. I, they're precise. So eight, six, or four, 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 four. They're iams, iambic pentameter. There's iams. All these things that I studied, I tried to make them adhere to. The, the form of rhyming poetry, which is not, it's not blank verse, it's not free verse. Right. It's rhyming poetry in the style, the classic style of, you know, William Blake or Shakespeare, any of those, any of those poets that we studied. Sure. Because I, th- I also think the kids and adults appreciate rhythm, rhyme, and Agreed. meter. Agreed. And so, yeah, I did. I, I am pleased. Uh, it was hard work. I'd never, uh, you know... I don't know what to say, to yeah. tell you the truth. What do you think? Now, I'm asking you even a tougher question. What do you, years ago, you were the kid on a uh, legendary, now legendary uh, TV program called The Sports Writers on TV. What might you imagine uh, Ben Bentley, Bill Jouse, and Bill Gleason, your partners on that show, if you were to give them this book, what do you think those guys, and I knew them all pretty well, too. I think, oh, yeah. I think they'd be charmed. I know what they would say. Ben Bentley would have a cigar in the corner of his mouth. They'd say, young calendar. But it's just something here that I didn't expect. And Gleason would say, he would come up and look at me, and he'd give me a kiss on the forehead. Uh That that old Irish sentimentality. And Jesse would say, you know, tell him it's not bad for a guy that went to Northwestern. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I've, I've read some stuff. I, you know, we, we should, just a couple of things we can talk about here. <laughs> you captured them perfectly. Uh, Rick, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is a, it's an ongoing journey knowing you, of course, but it's a real, I can't wait to see what the next book is because you now have this this gathering of artists who I think would be more than happy to collaborate further with you. Again, the book is Sweet Dreams, Poems and Paintings for the Child of Bed. Rick Tallender, take good care of yourself. Enjoy the Super Bowl if you can. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rick. I really appreciate it. Okay, take care of me too. It's a great book. It's just a great book.